Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. You are now entering the Sapphire Planet. The Sapphire Planet. Evolution is the change in the inherited characteristics of biological populations over successive generations. Evolutionary processes give rise to diversity at every level of biological organization, including species, individual organisms, and molecules such as DNA and proteins. All life on Earth is descended from a last universal ancestor that lived approximately 3.8 billion years ago. Repeated speciation and the divergence of life can be inferred from the shared sets of biochemical and morphological traits or by shared DNA sequences. These homologous traits and sequences are more similar among species that share a more recent common ancestor and can be used to reconstruct evolutionary histories using both existing species and the fossil record. Existing patterns of biodiversity have been shaped both by speciation and by extinction. Charles Darwin was the first to formulate a scientific argument for the theory of evolution by means of natural selection. 
evolution by natural selection is a process inferred from three facts about populations. One, more offspring are produced than can possibly survive. Two, traits among individuals, and they vary tremendously, leading to different rates of survival and reproduction. Three, trait differences are heritable. Thus, when members of a population die, they are replaced by the progeny of parents better adapted to survive and reproduce in the environment in which natural selection takes place. This process creates and preserves traits that are seemingly fitted for the functional roles they perform. Natural selection is the only known cause of adaptation, but not the only known cause of evolution. Other non-adaptative causes of evolution include mutation and genetic drift. In the early 20th century, genetics was integrated with Darwin's theory of evolution by natural selection through the discipline of population genetics. The importance of natural selection as a cause of evolution was accepted into other branches of biology. Moreover, previously held notions about evolution, such as orthogenesis and progress, became obsolete. Scientists continued to study various aspects of evolution by forming and testing hypotheses, constructing scientific theories, using observational data, and performing experiments in both the field and the laboratory. Biologists agree that descent with modification is one of the most reliably established facts in science. Discoveries in evolutionary biology have made a significant impact not just within the traditional branches of biology, but also in other academic disciplines, such as anthropology and psychology, and on society at large. The proposal that one type of animal could descend from an animal of another type goes back to some of the first pre-Socratic Greek philosophers, such as Anamaxander and Empitolus. Such proposals survived into Roman times. The poet and philosopher Lucretius followed Empedolus's in his masterwork De Rerum Natura. In contrast to these materialistic views, Aristotle understood all natural things 
not only living things, as being imperfect actualizations of different fixed natural possibilities known as forms or ideas, or, in the Latin translations, species. This was part of the theological understanding of nature, in which all things have an intended role to play in a divine cosmic order. Variations of this idea became the standard understanding of the Middle Ages and were integrated into Christian learning. But Aristotle did not demand that real types of animals always correspond one for one with exact metaphysical forms and specifically gave examples of how new types of living things could come to be. In the 17th century, the new method of modern science rejected Aristotle's approach and sought explanations of natural phenomena in terms of physical laws, which were the same for all visible things, and did not need to assume any fixed natural categories, nor any divine cosmic order. But this new approach was slow to take root in the biological scientists, which became the last bastion of the concept of fixed natural types. John Ray used one of the previously more general forms for fixed natural types, species, to apply to animals and plant types. But he strictly identified each type of living thing as a species and proposed that each species can be defined by the features that perpetrate themselves each generation. These species were designed by God, but showing differences caused by local conditions. The biological classification introduced by Carolus Linnaeus in 1735 also viewed species as a fixed according to divine plan. Other naturalists at this time speculated on evolutionary change of species over time according to natural laws. Mopertius wrote in 1751 of natural modifications occurring during reproduction and accumulating over many generations to produce new species. Buffon suggested that species could degenerate into different organisms, and Erasmus Darwin proposed that all warm-blooded animals could have descended from a single microorganism or filament. The first full-fledged evolutionary scheme was Lamarck's transmutation theory in 1809, which envisaged spontaneous generation, continually producing simple forms of life that developed greater complexity in parallel lineages with an inherent progressive tendency, and that on a local level, 
these lineages adopted to the environment by inheriting changes caused by use or disuse in the parents. This later process was later called Lamarckism. These ideas were condemned by established naturalists as speculation lacking empirical support. In particular, George Cuvier insisted that species were unrelated and fixed their similarities, reflecting divine design for functional needs. In the meantime, Ray's ideas of benevolent design had been developed by William Paley into the book The Natural Theology or Evidence of the Existence and Attributes of the Deity, published in 1802, which proposed complex adaptations as evidence of divine design and was admired by Charles Darwin. The critical break from the concept of fixed species in biology began with the theory of evolution by natural selection, which was formulated by Charles Darwin, particularly influenced by an essay on the principles of population by Thomas Robert Malthus. Darwin noted that population growth would lead to a struggle for existence, where favorable variations could prevail as others perished. Each generation, many offsprings fail to survive to an age of reproduction because of limited resources. This could explain the diversity of animals and plants from a common ancestry through the working of natural laws working the same for all types of thing. Darwin was developing his theory of natural selection from 1838 onwards until Alfred Russell Wallace sent him a similar theory in the year 1858, 20 years later. Both men presented their separate papers to the Linnaean Society of London. At the end of 1859, Darwin's publication on On the Origin of Species explained natural selection in detail and in a way that led to an increasingly wide acceptance of Darwinian evolution. Thomas Henry Huxley applied Darwin's ideas to humans using paleontology and comparative anatomy to provide strong evidence that humans and apes shared a common ancestry. Some people were disturbed by this since it implied that humans did not have a special place in the universe. Precise mechanicisms 
of reproductive heritability and the origin of new traits remained a mystery. Towards this end, Darwin developed his provisional theory of pangenesis. In 1865, Gregor Mendel reported that traits were inherited in a predictable manner through the independent assortment and segregation of elements, later known as genes. Mendel's laws of inheritance eventually supplanted most of Darwin's pangenesis theory. August Weissman made the important distinction between germ cell, which is sperm and egg, and somatic cells of the body, demonstrating that heredity passes through the germ line only. Hugo de Vrijers connected Darwin's pangenesis theory to Weismann's germs soma cell distinction and proposed that Darwin's pangenes were concentrated in the cell nucleus and when expressed they could move into the cytoplast to change the cell structure. De Vries was also one of the researchers who made Mendel's work well known, believing that Mendel's, Mendelian traits correspond to the transfer of heritable variations along the germ line. To explain how new variants originate, De Vries developed a mutation theory that led to a temporary rift between those who accepted Darwin evolution and biometricians who aligned with De Vries. At the turn of the 20th century, pioneers in the field of population genetics, such as J.B.S. Haldane, Seawall Wright, and Ronald Fisher, set the foundation of evolution onto a robust statistical philosophy. The false contradiction between Darwin's theory, genetic mutations, and Mendelian inheritance was thus reconciled. In the 1920s and the 1930s, a modern evolutionary synthesis connected natural selection mutation theory, and Mendelian inheritance into a unified theory that applied generally to any branch of biology. The modern synthesis was able to explain patterns observed across species and populations through fossil transitions in paleontology and even complex cellular mechanisms in developmental biology. The publication of The Structure of DNA by James Wasson and Francis Crick in 1953 demonstrated a physical bias for inheritance. Molecular biology improved our understanding of the relationship between genotype and phenotype. Advancements were also made in phylogenetic systematics mapping the transition of traits into a comparative and testable framework through the publication 
and use of evolutionary trees. In 1973, evolutionary biologist Theodonisis Dobysansky penned that nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. Because it has brought to light the relations of what was first seen disjointed facts in natural history into a coherent explanatory body of knowledge that describes, and more importantly, predicts many observable facts about life on this planet. Evolution in organisms occurs through changes in heritable traits, particular characteristics of an organism. In humans, for example, eye color is an inherent characteristic, and an individual might inherit the brown eye trait from one of their parents. Inherited traits are controlled by genes and the complete set of genes within the organism's genome is called its genotype. The complete set of observable traits that make up the structure and behavior of an organism is called its phenotype. These traits come from the interaction of its genotype with the environment. As a result, many aspects of an organism's phenotype are not inherited. For example, suntan skin comes from the interaction between the person's genotype and sunlight. Thus, suntans are not passed on to people's children. However, some people tan more easily than others due to the differences in their genotype. A striking example are people with the inherited trait of albinoism, who do not tan at all and are very sensitive to sunburn. Heritable traits are passed from one generation to the next via DNA a molecule that encodes genetic information. DNA is a long polymer composed of four types of bases. The sequence of bases along a particular DNA molecule specify the genetic information in a manner similar to a sequence of letters spelling out a sentence. Before a cell divides, the DNA is copied so that each of the resulting two cells will inherit the DNA sequence. Portions of a DNA molecule that specify a single functional unit are called genes. Different genes have different sequences of bases. Within cells, 
The long strands of DNA form condensed structures called chromosomes. The specific location of a DNA sequence with a chromosome is known as a locus. If the DNA sequence at a locus varies between individuals, the different forms of this sequence are called alleles. DNA sequences can change through mutations, producing new alleles. If a mutation occurs within a gene, the new allele may affect the trait that that gene controls, altering the phenotype of the organism. However, while this simple correspondence between an allele and a trait works in some cases, most traits are more complex and are controlled by multiple interacting genes. Recent findings have confirmed important examples of heritable changes that cannot be explained by changes to the sequence of the nucleotides in the DNA. These phenomena are classified as epigenetic inheritance systems. DNA methylation-marking chromatin and self-sustaining metabolic loops, gene silencing by RNA interference, and the three-dimensional conformation of proteins, such as prions, are areas where epigenetic inheritance systems have been discovered at the organic level. Developmental biologists suggest that the complex interactions in the genetic network and communications among cells can lead to heritable variations that may underlay some of the mechanics in the development of plasticity and canalization. Heritability may also occur at even larger scales. For example, ecological inheritance through the process of niche construction is defined by the regular and repeated activities of organisms in their environment. This generates a legacy of effects that modify and feed back into the selection regime of subsequent generations. Descendants inherit genes plus environmental characteristics generated by ecological actions of ancestors. Other examples of heritability in evolution that are none under the direct control of genes include the inheritance of cultural traits and symbiogenesis. an individual organism's phenotype. And remember, a phenotype is an organism's form or shape. Results from both its genotype, and remember, a genotype is an organism's genes, and the influence from the environment it has lived in. 
a substantial part of the variation in phenotypes or form in a population is caused by the differences between their genotypes or genes. The modern evolutionary synthesis defines evolution as the change over time in this genetic variation. The frequency of one particular allele will become more or less prevalent relative to other forms of that gene. Variation disappears when the new allele reaches the point of fixation, when it either disappears from the population or replaces the ancestral allele entirely. Natural selection will only cause evolution if there is enough genetic variation in a population. Before the discovery of the Mendelian genetics, one common hypothesis was blending inheritance. But with blending inheritance, genetic variants would be rapidly lost, making evolution by natural selection implausible. The Hardy-Weinberg principle provides the solution to how variation is maintained in a population with Mendelian inheritance. The frequency of alleles, or variations in a gene, will remain constant in the absence of selection, mutation, migration, and genetic drift. Variations come from mutations in genetic material reshuffling of genes through sexual reproduction and migration between populations, scientifically known as gene flow. Despite the constant introduction of new variations through mutations and gene flow, most of the genome of a species is identical in all individuals of that species. However, the amazing thing is, even relatively small differences in genotype can lead to dramatic differences in phenotype. For example, chimpanzees and humans differ in less than 5% of their genomes or genes, yet their pheno phenotypes or forms are radically different. Mutations are changes in the DNA sequence of a cell's genome. When mutations occur, they can either have no effect, alter the product of a gene, or prevent the gene from functioning. Based on the studies in the fly Drosophila melogaster, it has been suggested that if a mutation changes a protein produced by a gene, this will probably be harmful with about 70% of these mutations having damaging effects and the remainder being either neutral or weakly beneficial.
Mutations can involve large selections of chromosomes becoming duplicated, usually by genetic recombination, which can introduce extra copies of a gene into a genome. Extra copies of a gene are a major source of the raw material needed for new genes to evolve. This is important because most new genes evolve within gene families from pre-existing genes that share common ancestors. For example, the human eye uses four genes to make structures that sense light, three genes for color vision, and one for night vision. All four genes are descended from a single ancestral gene. New genes can be generated from an ancestral gene when a duplicate copy mutates and acquires a new function. This process is easier once a gene has been duplicated because it increases the redundancy of the system. One gene in the pair can acquire a new function while the other copy continues to perform its original function. Other types of mutations can even generate entirely new genes from previously non-coding DNA. The generation of new genes can also involve small parts of several genes being duplicated, with these fragments then recombining to form new combinations with new functions. When new genes are assembled from shuffling pre-existing parts, domains act as molecules with simple independent functions, which can be mixed together to produce new combinations with new and complex functions. For example, polyketide syntheses are large enzymes that make antibiotics. They contain up to 100 independent domains that each catalyze one step in the overall process, like a step in the assembly line. In asexual organisms, genes are inherited together or linked as they cannot mix with genes of other organisms during reproduction. In contrast, the offspring of sexual organisms contains random mixtures of their parents' chromosomes that are produced through independent assortment. In a related process called homogeneous recombination, sexual organisms exchange DNA between two matching chromosomes. Recombination and reassortment do not alter allele frequencies, but instead change which alleles are associated with each other, producing offspring with new combinations of alleles. Sex usually increases genetic variation and may increase the rate 
of evolution. Gene flow is the scientific term that is used to describe the exchange of genes between populations and between species. It can therefore be a source of variation that is new to a population or to a species. Gene flow can be caused by the movement of individuals between separate populations of organisms as might be caused by the movement of mice between inland and coastal populations or the movement of pollen between heavy metal tolerant and heavy metal sensitive population of grasses. Gene transfer between species includes the formation of hybrid organisms and horizontal gene transfer. Horizontal gene transfer is the transfer of genetic material from one organism to another organism that is not its offspring. This is most common among bacteria. In medicine, this contributes to the spread of antibiotic resistance as when one bacteria acquires resistance genes, it can rapidly transfer them to other species. Horizontal transfer of genes from bacteria to eukaryotes, such as the yeast, Saccharomyces cerevisiae, and the Azuki bean beetle, has occurred. An example of larger-scale transfers are the eukaryotic deloid roftier, which have received a range of genes from bacteria, fungi, and plants. Viruses, too, can also carry DNA between organisms, allowing transfer of genes across biological domains. Large-scale gene transfer has also occurred between the ancestors of eukaryotic cells and bacteria during the acquisition of chloroplasts and mitochondria. It is possible that eukaryotes themselves originated from horizontal gene transfers between bacteria and archaea. From a neo-Darwinian perspective, evolution occurs when there are changes in the frequencies of the alleles within a population of interbreeding organisms. For example, the allele for the black color in the population of moths becoming more common. Mechanisms that can lead to changes in allele frequency include natural selection, genetic drift, genetic hitchhiking, mutation, and gene flow. Evolution by means of natural selection is the process by which genetic mutations that enhance reproduction become and remain more common in successive generations of population. It has often been called a 
self-evident mechanism because it is necessarily follows from three simple facts. One, heritable variation exists within populations of organisms. Two, organisms produce more progeny than can survive. Three, these offspring vary in their ability to survive and reproduce. These conditions produce competition between organisms for survival and reproduction. Consequently, organisms with traits that give them an advantage over their competitors are more likely to pass on their traits on to the next generation than those with traits that do not confer an advantage. The central concept of natural selection is the evolutionary fitness of an organism. Fitness is measured by the organism's ability to survive and reproduce, which determines the size of its genetic contribution to the next generation. However, fitness is not the same as the total number of offspring. Instead, fitness is indicated by the proportion of subsequent generations that carry an organism's genes. For example, if an organism could survive well and reproduce rapidly, but its offspring were too small and weak to survive, this organism would make little genetic contribution to the future generation and would thus have low fitness. If an allele increases fitness more than the other alleles of that gene, then with each generation this allele will become more common within the population. These traits are said to be selected for. Example of traits that can increase fitness are are enhanced survival are increased fecundity. Conversely, the lower fitness caused by having less beneficial alleles results in this allele becoming rarer. They are selected against. Importantly, the fitness of an allele is not a fixed characteristic. If the environment changes, previously neutral or harmful traits may become beneficial, and previously beneficial traits may become harmful. However, even if the direction of selection does reverse in this way, traits that were lost in the past may not re-evolve into an identical form. They are gone forever. Natural selection. Within a population for a trait that can vary across its range of values, such as height, can be categorized into three different types. The first directional selection, which is a shift in the average value of the trait over time. For example, organisms slowly getting taller. Secondly, 
disruptive selection is selection for extreme trait values and often results in two different values becoming most common with selection against the average value. This would be when either short or tall organisms have an advantage, but not those of medium height. Finally, in stabilizing selection, there is selection against extreme values at both ends, which causes a decrease in variance around the average value and less diversity. This, for example, would cause organisms to slowly become all the same height. A special case of natural selection is sexual selection, which is selection for any trait that increases mating success by increasing the attractiveness of an organism to potential mates. Traits that evolve through sexual selection are particularly prominent among males of several animal species. Although sexually favored traits such as cumbersome antlers or mating calls or large body size and bright colors, they often attract predation, which compromises the survival of individual males. This survival disadvantage is balanced by higher reproductive success in males that shows these hard-to-fake sexually selected traits. Natural selection most generally makes nature the measure against which individuals and individual traits are more or less likely to survive. Nature, in this sense, refers to an ecosystem that is a system in which organisms interact with every other element, physical as well as biological, in their local environment. Eugene Odom, a founder of ecology, defined an ecosystem as any unit that includes all of the organisms in a given area interacting with the physical environment so that a flow of energy leads to a clearly defined trophic structure, biotic diversity, and material cycles within the system. Each population within an ecosystem occupies a distinct niche or position with distinct relationships to other parts of the system. These relationships involve the life history of the organism, its position in the food chain, and its geographic range. This broad understanding of nature enables scientists to delineate specific forces which together comprise natural selection. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet.
Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.